Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. For another episode of the Creators Outlet, with our guest this week, it's Coop from Telepathic Money Comics. Hello, hello, hello! Greetings, greetings, greetings! Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right. So how we doing, Will? Oh, we're doing. How we're doing? All right. Uh, about an hour, I'll be doing a, a bacon cheeseburger. So no, uh, oh, there you go. And fries and other stuff. I'm not supposed to have. But yeah, I can't yeah. compete with that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Nope. Just had uh, a couple burgers uh, and uh, uh, two ears of corn myself. So, oh well, there you yeah. go. The burger night, I guess. <laughs> there's a there's a cornhole joke in there somewhere, but we'll somewhere it. somewhere there is one, but we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it anyway. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, well, uh, introduce yourself to everybody. And all right. On yourself. <laughs> All right, I'm uh, uh, my name's Cooper. I uh, Telepathic Bunny Comics is my channel, and it's uh, the Rabbit Hole is my channel. Uh, but Telepathic Bunny Comics is my uh, comic company, and uh, we've got one property uh, called Community Service. Uh, it's a whole entire universe. Uh, 
right now we're working on uh, getting uh, the first campaign together for the first book. Uh, it's going to be a part of a three-parter uh, called Escape from Little Bighorn. Uh, the first chapter is going to be preambles because uh, there's three parts of the Constitution. So there'll be preambles and then uh, articles and then amendments. Uh, articles are going to be the next one and then amendments. Um, script's already done and everything like that. Just uh, trying to get the money to uh, finish the art. Uh, so we're uh, about 10 pages out from the art uh, being done. So fingers crossed. Oh, that's, that's not bad. No, no, no. Uh, uh, the uh, My uh, artist uh, colorist uh, combo is the Barbusco Studios and their husband and wife. Uh, so... You know, it's pretty much a pretty quick turnaround from uh, pencils to inks to color. Uh, and, you know, she's one of the best colorists in CG. Um, usually, you know, and he, he is he is very good. Very good. So uh, so once I get the money to uh, uh, finish it out, it won't be it'll be like a matter of a couple months, probably before we'll be will be done. So. Either way, just got to get there, you know. <laughs> so it should just about be in the can uh, when you launch the campaign. Well, uh, it'll be most of the way there, about uh, uh, three, two quarters of the, two thirds of the way there. Uh, so, but uh, there, there are some uh, script changes that uh, there's another piece that I left out of the original script because I thought I was going to do the whole. Uh, little bighorn arc at one time but uh I'll, I, when i decided to split it into three that offered uh, brand new challenge changes and challenges um you know of discovering when um the uh when split it to many arcs you know uh and decide uh where it ends you know and uh uh, so I'm probably going to have to rewrite the whole ending uh, to uh, fit the new format. But uh, that's one of the delays. But I, uh, I'm i pretty sure. Uh, right now I'm just trying to figure out the order. But I know what, it, I know what I'm going to write. So, Well, I mean, it's already written. I just have to figure out the order uh, that it goes. So <laughs> Shuffle some ideas around and... Yeah, right, 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 right. You right, make right. it a cohesive unit. There you go. There you go. Um, you know, I, I get comic books every day where uh, it looks like somebody was slavish, uh, slavish, slavishly adhered to their script the whole way through. And you can tell uh, that that they probably really should have given more thought to the smaller book that they, you know, the smaller book. Uh, because uh, when you make a smaller book, you have to you have to figure out the arc. Uh, because if you don't have a bigger arc, you need you need to figure out each individual arc. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's a really huge book out that uh, biggest money earner last year, and he had this issue uh, to where the first book wasn't a complete arc because uh, you could tell that all he did was just chop a bigger script into threes and. Uh, he didn't really give thought to, uh, you know, the uh, you have to have three acts in uh, w one arc. You know, you got the beginning, you got the, the peak, 
and then you got the down. Get the three art, three, uh, and it's got to be every book, every book. Uh, I mean, you see this with Chris, Chris Claremont. Uh, Chris Claremont, even when he had a big art going on, every single book was worth getting because every single book had uh, something that concluded in that book. Mm-hmm. He understood that, you know, that you know you, something's got to happen in his book makes the book worth having. You gotta have the flow, uh, right? Exactly, exactly. So that's a that's the challenge. Um, and some of you out in Indie Land didn't use an editor, and it shows. It definitely, <laughs> definitely shows. Definitely shows. Uh, let's see, like I, I got something this afternoon. This individual. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, this one right here. This one right here. Yeah, I got this this afternoon. And this individual, uh, Magnificent Bastards. There you go. Oh, yeah. That guy, James Rock. Uh, I don't know if he uses an editor, but uh, that, that book is so... I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a tightrope walk. I mean, it's... Um, it's just really, really intricately written, and uh, I, I've read, I've read, reread it at least six times, and uh, I keep finding new stuff every time I do it. You know, because it's it's kind of like Bancroft, you know, with the the Lucid. Yeah, there's very few books that I can't get like the whole entire thing the first time I read it through. You know, uh, and uh, those those two are definitely books. <laughs> that, you know, there's a lot going on. You know. Uh, underneath there, yeah. Um, when you have to read a book through at least twice, and right. then you take another turn through the book just to look at the the layout of the pages and the artwork, uh, right? You know it's a success. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm uh, uh, I happen to be pretty big on Easter eggs, so people that get my uh, my books are going to have to really pay attention. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, me, uh, me, I'm big on Easter eggs. Uh, you get it? You get it? Funny, uh, yeah. Yeah, ah, there you go. Anyway. <laughs> I'm on Easter egg. I'm on Easter egg. I'm on Easter egg. There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, yeah, so um, right right now we're just uh, trying to, uh, um, had, had a few delays like right at the beginning uh, when I was going to launch. I was going to launch May Day, uh, the, the uh, sign up. And, uh, and it's like my whole entire world went to shit uh, in the matter of just a couple of days. And I'm still trying to dig it out, dig out from the rubble. Um, and so it's uh, the, the campaign wasn't quite the running go that I, I hoped it would be. So yeah, it's, um, it's pretty much like, a, you know, somebody that trains for a marathon uh, prepares for a marathon and then gets a Charlie horse as soon as they cross the, the line to start the race <laughs> and, and has to sit there with, and heat their leg until the muscle loosens up before they can even get into the start racing, you know? Yeah. Uh, that problem though. No, well, I, I, I just got to make I, sure my wheelchair is charged up. Hey, there you go. There you go. There you go. That, that's handy. That's handy. Anyway, <laughs> I know you get leg cramps though. Come on now. Oh yeah. 
Okay, there you go. There you go. Anyway, um, but yeah, um, this is my lifelong dream. This is uh, this is something I wanted to happen in my entire life. And um, I have a stepbrother. We used to go to the comic book uh, shops together, and uh, and uh, you know, um, he was like thrilled at first that I was doing this, and then I think it kind of like reminded him that uh, he didn't pursue his dreams. And, uh, and so next time I went over there and I had, uh, had a, my own action figure to show him. Right. I thought he, you know, I thought he'd be, you know, kind of cool. And, uh, and he was just like ambivalent and I was like, oh, okay. I see how this goes. But, uh, I, I, I tell you what, man, uh, not everybody pursues a dream that, you know, but, um, uh, uh, this is one that I, I really didn't think I'd ever, ever do. Uh, but, you know, the, the lockdown happened. And uh, during the course of the lockdown to try to keep myself from going crazy, uh, I wrote this script. And it was a really good script. And uh, I shared it with uh, an editor. You know him as uh, Norm Leinert. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Lord Word Fab, I think he goes by. Uh, you know, Magneto without pants. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is right now. He's he's living in Portland, so he's going out of his mind. So he's a little crazy right now. Uh, anyway, so but uh, he he apologized to me after he he read the script, and uh, he's like, all I did was format it. He says, I'm a little. Uh, it says I'm tempted to give you the money back because I didn't really do anything. It's like it was perfect as it is, and uh, and uh, and I was like, nah, keep the money, keep the money, you know. But he's uh he's been my biggest cheerleader, so that's an encouragement. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, making your own comic, man, it's no joke. It's uh got to be one of the toughest things I've ever done in my life. Uh, you know, it's just like it. Especially if you're not a, a uh, artist yourself, mm-hmm. everybody's got a handout. I mean, everything you do has a handout. Everything. You literally, unless you teach yourself to letter, teach yourself graphic design, teach yourself some of these other things, uh, which I just don't have time for because I work third shift. But uh, yeah, that's why I need need people like File Thirteen. You know, <laughs> these people that have these jobs, uh, these skill sets. Uh, but everything comes with a price. Everything comes with a price tag. And uh, it's just uh, really punitive after a while, you know. Uh, it's like, oh, I'm going to need this. Okay, uh, let me see. Uh, let me find somebody that's still good and, but cheap. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Indie Comics a la carte. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that shopping cart stays empty, man. It stays empty. Uh but yeah, uh, that, that's the thing, though. You know, uh, I, I think I think you have to eventually you have to be doing it for the love because you know, unless you've got a name or unless you were in the mainstream at some point and you've got some kind of like cachet, uh, which is still big in this community. If you've been in the mainstream, even if you just like brought coffee to Dan Didio or something like that, uh, it seems like. People want to like back those books first, and so if you're an unknown, you know it's uh, 
sometimes it feels like an uphill slog, but then you got people like Hojo who's closing in on 10, 10 grand, you know, just from sheer getting, you know, hitting, hitting all the shows and, and getting his name out there. Uh, and uh, you got like a little Merc made, you know, uh, which is already over 7,000 and uh, just launched this weekend. I mean, you know, so the, the, these, uh, these three, these things are out there, you know, uh, but it's getting there. That's a tough job. It's getting there. It's a tough job, you know, um, either way, uh, I'm sure you've heard the sob story before, uh, doing a little interviews that you do, uh, <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, bloom, despair and agony on me. Agony, oh, agony. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so tell us where you came up with the idea for Ironsides. All right. Uh, Ironsides, um, I had another character, and um, there was this comic book back in the day called Power Pack. And mm -hmm. uh, Power Pack had... Uh, you know, had these these power sets that these kids had, uh, and they would they were given by this alien presence or whatever. And uh, every once in a while, these they would wake up and these powers would shuffle, right? And uh, the uh, particular uh, the particular issue, uh, the uh, younger brother got the gravity power, uh, and uh, and he was like trying to. You know, he was like figuring out all these things he could do with his gravity power. And one of them, one of my favorite times, uh, this is during the Mutant Massacre, okay? And mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Louis Samuelson took these kids down into the Mutant, uh, to, right in the middle of that massacre. And I, I mean, it was just the masterful writing job. I never would, I, I, I think I would be terrified to even try it, you know? But she managed to do it, get him down there, and and wrote a really good story. And uh, a part of it, there was this uh, monster in the Marauders named Arclight, which is chicken had armor on, right? And uh, and she she was like just a murderous monster, right? And uh, and she um, was trying to uh, she like tried to hit this kid, the, the gravity kid. And uh, and he just speculated. He's like, "What happens if I charge my fist to multiple gravities?" He said, "What would happen with that, right?" And uh, and she tried to hit him, and she missed. And and she said, "Stand still, you little brat." And he's like, "Okay, lady, you asked for it." And there's this beautiful panel where he punched the shit out of her, and she's like, flew across the tunnels and like bedded into the wall he hit her so hard right and uh knocked her knocked her completely cold and it, <laughs> it was just like and he's standing there looking at his hand like whoa you know but that moment was like the seed of of colonel ironside so uh i created a character and he's first called g hammer you know uh gravity hammer or whatever uh and that was all he's going to do he's going to use gravitational field to uh punch harder right and uh but then it like expanded and, uh, and I, I even drew him at one point. Um, at one point it, I called him shockwave and then it just occurred to me. It's like, Oh, that's a, that's a transformer. I can't do that. Um, 
And so uh, it was like going through a lot of transformations. Uh, but then Captain America said, Hell Hydra. And, uh, and I realized that I had to get put that back into the world, what Marvel had ripped out of it. Uh, and so he, uh, he, I, I, I kind of like put him in patriotic garb just to see how it played. And uh, then I aged him up. And then it's just like it clicked. And I was like, it fully sprung, fully formed out. And I had the backstory and everything almost instantaneous, like he's a pre existing figure from somewhere else. And, uh, but the glass arm thing, that was always part of it uh, from the beginning. And, uh, and so that's, that's become like his biggest feature, you know. But, uh, uh, everything just kind of like snapped into place. Uh, his personality, his backstory, uh, you know, the fact that he regenerates after being killed. Um, and he's done it nine times, you know, <laughs> and, and he's on his 10th regeneration, but now they tell him that if he re dies, that that's it. And, uh, that's why he's like aging, you know, because it's, uh, his, uh, regeneration has been compromised. And, uh, and so he gets a chance to walk away from the situation and he won't take it. Uh, he's been behind a desk for 50 years and erased from history. So if he wanted to walk away, he could. Yeah, nobody's, nobody even knows he exists anymore. But uh, he can't do it. And that's why, he's, uh, that's why he's the character he is. But long story short, anyway. <laughs> So now, now I have to ask, uh, what prevents his glass arm from shattering like a China doll? Okay, um, good question. Well, it's because uh, the uh, ray that hit him uh, was from alien origin. Uh, they didn't. They don't really know what it does, uh, and it was destroyed. And when it when it uh, the first ray that hit him uh, destroyed it. And so they can't ever replicate this. But what is true is the fact that the uh, arm that he has is the most uh, is the hardest substance known to mankind in in that world. It's it's uh, you could take a diamond bit drill and and blunt it on this arm. It, you know, I mean, you could take a crowbar to it, and it's just going to bend the crowbar. Uh, but it's the it's the heart that that for reasons they don't really understand it maintains some flexibility. But uh, and and when it does, uh, well, he uses his power, he can move it, but he can't otherwise. He thought he thought for fifty years that he didn't have he couldn't use his arm anymore, but the moment he powered up for the first time in fifty years, his arm moved. And he found out, oh, shit, they lied about that, too, you know? <laughs> but, uh, the but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, he could use it. Uh, I mean, you can't feel anything in it. But it's like a robotic arm, essentially. But he can man he can manipulate it, but he can't. Uh, uh, he's, he's still learning to find dexterity in it, you know? When, when, when we uh, catch up to him in the story, but he's 
kind of learned where he can hold solid objects, but he's not going to pick up anything organic. Uh, but yeah, but it, it's um, it's a uh, it. They call it they call it the glass arm, but it is not made of glass. <laughs> so uh, uh, anyway, uh, is I kind of got that idea from um, some of the hardest substances on Earth are crystallite uh, crystal formations. Uh, because if you get the uh, crystals, the formations of the crystals, the interior of the crystals right, then uh, they they essentially become some of the hardest substances known to mankind. Um, you know, harder than metal, okay? Diamond is actually harder than metal. Um, and so... It is. I mean, it is. Uh, so you know, it's it's plausible that he would that he could have a crystalline uh, appendage that's hard, the harder harder than uh, anything else on Earth. Uh, in fact, I'm I'm working on getting a cover made. It's going to be like a Norman Rockwell, and it's going to be uh, Ironside's kind of sitting there chilling out while people try to scratch his arm for charity. You know, <laughs> so you got people with like, like, you know, baseball pads and, you know, and uh, dr drill bits and stuff like that. And nobody, nobody's going to be able to scratch it. Right. So, so it's a cool thing. It's kind of like Captain America's shield in a way, you know, that answer your question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna toss up uh, your uh, your teaser trailer. All right, yeah, play it. Why stand we here idle? What is it the gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear, or peace so sweet, as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others take, but as for me, give me liberty. Or give me death. <laughs> yep. Uh, anybody wants to uh, go to the sign-up page, you can scan the QR code with your phone and tap it, and it'll go right there. Yeah, I tried going to uh, fund my comic, mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to find it. Right. Fund my comic. So, so you do, and click, and uh, so you scan it, you click it, and it takes you right there. <laughs> anyway, oh, these newfangled technologies. <laughs> what well, next? the evening noon, the evening news printed on newspaper. That's yeah, just crazy see? talk. Crazy talk. Crazy talk. Anyway. <laughs> I'm a high tech redneck. What can I say? Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Max, uh, I'm a, 
I'm not a boomer. I'm a Gen Xer, but, uh, you know. Well, so I, am I, but I do right. the show. There you go. There you go. There you go. Right. Boomer does sound uh, cooler than Gen X, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gen X, I would just be, you know, threatening to slap Gen Zs around for entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's like, it's like, I was talking to somebody, you know, I was like, you know, the boomers right now, they're, they're running the world. Uh, but when Gen X, uh, the Gen X is next up and, uh, and you're talking about the latchkey kid generation. You're talking about the ones that, uh, you know, got more daddy issues, uh, than you can shake a stick at. And, uh, and so I kind of fear for where the country's going to go once Gen X gets in charge. Cause, uh, you know, the, uh, hair metal that was that was like the boomers okay but gen x was the grunge and so you you know <laughs> you can see the difference between the generations there right uh yeah yeah went from put cocaine up your nose and and screw all the chicks to uh you know angst oh everything sucks all oh, these you know it's, we're all gonna die and it's just the world sucks you know and they all commit suicide, you know. That's <laughs> just about I, every I, one of them. I saw a video last night because there's like all these young kids with mm. their, uh, you know, their trending videos of right, right. Who let Gen X off the hook? <laughs> and why on earth would you drink out of a garden hose <laughs> where, where there are no sinks available? Right. Yeah, but we weren't allowed back in the house after breakfast. No. You were told uh, I don't want to see you until it's dusk. Yeah, you know, I don't want to see. Street lights came on and we had to go home. <laughs> yeah. And we'd all hear our individual mothers yelling at the top of their lungs calling us in. Street right. lights are on, right. it's time for you to sit down and eat. Exactly, exactly. And go to I, bed I, and you know. <laughs> Well, the boomer generation just really, really had no interest in being parents. They really didn't. No. <laughs> so they were pretty much like, okay, uh, you tend to yourself and, uh, and you know, less, less is not just dangling off by gristle. Don't, don't, don't even bother, you know, coming into the house, you know? So yeah, it's, it's like, it, unless you've got a pro protruding bone. Right. Right. You know, just. <laughs> Just hose it off with the garden hose. Right. Uh, but you might want to wait until the hot water comes gushing out of it first. <laughs> well, my brother, uh, uh, my next older brother, it was a bit of a daredevil. Uh, he's, he's who Cotton Top, uh, my mascot's kind of named for. And uh, he uh, he would climb up in these pine trees that were like a, a stand of pine trees that were all planted artificially uh, in the line, right? Mm -hmm. and uh he had this thing where he would go up into those pine trees and challenge himself to collect climb from tree to tree to tree and well the inevitable happened one day and he fell out and, he, and uh next thing i know i heard somebody i heard the tree limbs breaking and he comes out from behind there and he had a white blonde hair uh and then i, I was like why is your hair red you know <laughs> <laughs> and so it's so he, uh so so he was woozy of course because he probably had a concussion and uh and and uh and i was like and he like he like held his hand out and there's blood all over his hand i was like oh crap you know uh i guess we gotta go into the house now 
<laughs> I hope Mama doesn't get mad. <laughs> what are you doing then, back in the house? He hit all the ugly branches on the way down the tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was funny because uh, it was funny because uh, we went in the house and the first thing out of her mouth was like, "What are you doing back? Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> Next thing I know, I was thrown in the back seat and uh, drawn over. Uh, I was at it and, and dumped out at the neighbors, and I, I ran into town with him. Uh, I don't know how many stitches he had. I think it was like eleven stitches in this uh, this stitch of clothes. But oh, yeah, he 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 just clobbered himself. Uh, but yeah, yeah but that a, we had a pine tree in the backyard of the house right. I grew up in, mm. and we'd all climb up in the pine tree. Yeah. And then we, when we got up like really high, then we just start fighting each other, like trying to throw each other down the pine tree. <laughs> uh, my problem was, was I could climb. <laughs> right. I could, I could climb like a monkey, mm. but I couldn't climb back down. Oh, one way trip, huh? Yeah. So, well, uh, most of my fun in the pine tree would would end when eventually. My mother would have to climb the pine tree to right. pull me down. Just put your foot here. I can't yeah. see nothing. It's because well, you got a big foot. My grandpa had uh, uh, chestnut trees in his lawn. And uh, I I don't know if you've ever seen uh, the uh, chestnut, what, what, what contains the chestnuts. But it's basically a bur- ball of, of needles. Okay, mm-hmm. and there's just balls of needles. Okay, and they're all about that long. And uh, we used to climb that tree, and inevitably, we'd fall out of that tree right on the top of those things. <laughs> and it never, it just never occurred to us. It's like maybe that's not a good place to climb a tree because the chestnut trees were all they had these low branches and they were just real solid. And so it was like perfect climbing tree, but. You know, if you fell out, it was like a bed of a thousand nails or something. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> That's where you landed. You landed on those things. And, uh, but I don't know when you're Gen X, when you're Gen X, man, it just like, it's just like, you just didn't care about if you lived or died, you know? <laughs> no, cause we had, we had the, we, we had that tree in the backyard. Right. Of my house. My buddy, Mike, uh, a couple of houses down the street had this big giant weeping willow in the back ah, right uh, where we we tried to build like a kind of like a fort in there eventually mm-hmm. his dad and uh his mom's two brothers fi- finally caved and built something in there before we killed ourselves <laughs> and but we would just basically get up there and it was just basically like this big giant like pallet that yeah. would go straight across mm-hmm. in the middle of it and then we would have his little brothers grab us a clump of the weeping willow ah. branches so we could swing out of it like, you know, like Tarzan. Right. Everybody else is doing Tarzan, and I'm grabbing the branches. Na 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 na. <laughs> Batman, right? <laughs> Boom! And we would always, we would always land because all the all the sap from the from those hangings yeah would get all over your hands and you would just basically slide down uh it would act almost like a lubricant you would you would slide down and then you would fall 
Mm-hmm. And there were these giant humps bes- the size of the Shire. Yeah. Coming uh, up out of the ground and rounded, right. and you would <laughs> land on your back on these things. And yeah, it was it was like getting you know caved in with a two by four. Well, we're the uh, and I Gen- wonder why I'm in a wheelchair now. There you go, there you go. <laughs> well, Gen X was like the the generation that got raised by pop culture. Yeah, and uh, and that, that's our native language. You know, uh, most of the agitation you see right now uh, of uh, you know, complaining about what's happened to uh, culture is, is Gen Xers, you know, because they understand true. They truly understand what was taken from us, you know, and uh, the best commentaries we have right now, the best commentators are all Gen X Mm -hmm. uh, because we were raised by, you know, uh, Batman. We're raised by, you know, reruns of Adam's family and monsters, you know, and, uh, you know, a credible Hulk and uh, Dukes of Hazard on Friday nights, you know, and and uh, Wonder Woman during the school days, you know. I mean, it was yeah, and we and, were raised on this stuff, right? Yeah, and basically, uh, the world went to shite when yeah. there was no more Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but it's amazing uh, because. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see this all the time where I'll, I'll be on the show and uh, and I'll play a clip. And as soon as that clip hits the screen, you, you hear a gasp, you know, because people's instant recognition. It's like it's like a code or something. It's like a language. And it's our lingua franca. You know, the uh, uh, universal language of Gen X is pop culture. Yeah. And uh, we understand pop culture uh, in a way that none of the subsequent generations do. And, and none, the, the previous generations don't really understand it. And the problem right now is that the people that are making all the choices are baby boomer generation. And, they're, and they are basically taking the advice from uh, millennials and Gen X or, or Gen Z's. Who who don't understand, you know, and it's like they skipped over the Gen X generation, and we're the ones that they're calling toxic. We're the ones that they're bad mouthing and and saying uh, go away and die. Uh, you know, we've got this now. And uh, if you look, the people at the very top are boomers, and the people that are are executing these horrible decisions are all like millennials down to Gen Z. And the Gen X are completely left out of it, and they're the they're the ones that have been called toxic fans. The toxic yeah. fandom is our generation. Yeah, it's like, uh, go away and die. Yeah, but we're gonna take all of you with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, they don't understand. We raised ourselves. Yeah, we spent hours and hours by ourselves watching these flickering images on the screen, and they, they, those screen those images raised us. We were raised by these heroes that we saw on the screen. We were raised by uh, comic books. We were raised by Saturday morning cartoons. We were the more you know, we we could mm-hmm. uh, you know knowing is half the battle, right? Uh, we were raised by this stuff. And it, it, it's it's what we breed. It's how we talk to one another. You know, uh, did you see Wrath of Khan this weekend? Oh yeah, man, that's incredible, right? You know, and and we had these conversations, and and when and Star we, Wars 
good. Star Wars, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we understood what we were seeing, and that's how we know what was what's been lost. And Gen as Gen X is going to be the generation that brings it back, because honestly, we're the ones that 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 brought it to prominence in the first place, you know? <laughs> so, you know, and, um, it, I mean, you, some of the, uh, some of these writers that we revere, you know, like the Claremonts and like the, you know, and the Sinti's and the, you know, John Burns and people like that, you know, well, I mean, we, we, the artists and, and writers of that generation were the ones that were, you know, they they basically we were their fandom that kept them young and kept them interested and kept them, uh, you know, and and like when we, when we went to cons, the people that they talked to were mostly Gen X, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's like it's generation. Uh, I've heard us called the lost generation, but we're not the lost generation. We're just the quiet generation. You know, we don't, we don't gripe. We don't complain. Uh, you know, well, I mean, we don't, we're not, lost. we don't, we can find our way without a GPS on our phone. <laughs> exactly. You know, we're the ones, uh, that, that kind of, uh, we're not the ones that are going to, uh, agitate, you know, unless you force us to, you know, unless you do something that we can, comp- we have to complain about. And, uh, we're, I mean, we're we're not exactly social media savvy, but uh, we we're the ones that kind of like understand, you know, the roadmap back from where they've taken us, and uh, and I think I think we're the hope for pop culture. We're we're the hope uh, that uh, we can create this new mainstream and. Uh, and replace the what they took, what they destroyed, what they burned to the ground, because we know we know what it, we know the way to get there, you know. And uh, and, and I, I, we'll leave them instructions. We'll lock we'll them all in like a big giant stadium <laughs> with with an old Curtis Mathis uh, TV with no remote. Uh, right, 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 right. A, a VHS player with a wired mm-hmm. remote, a yeah. rotary telephone. And instructions written in cursive. There you go. There you go. And we could do it. And we know how to spell boobs with just numeric on, yeah. on the phone. Yeah. That was there the first go. thing we all learned on the calculator. <laughs> like second or third grade. Eight oh oh eight five. I told you you can't use a calculator to do math. I go, I'm not. Look, turned yeah. upside down and said boobies. Boobies. There you go. Well, I mean, we saw this this stuff come in, but we saw what what went out, you know. Yeah. And uh, I I I think more than ever uh, that you know if it's going to happen, it's going to be our generation that does it. I mean, it's going to be Gen X. Uh, I mean, if you if you look at all the people that we uh, listen to the most, you know, like the Ethan Van Skyvers, the Yo Boy Zacks, the Nerd Rodics, uh, they're all in the Gen. They're all in Gen X. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, the thing about community service is when I started writing community service, um, I had no idea the significance of what I was writing because there were some things that were revealed, uh, when the disease that shall not be named, 
happened and what resulted from that and the government overreach that we saw. Uh, and the more I wrote about this mysterious organization uh, that was behind everything and the federal organizations they created uh, to do their will and their bidding, uh, the more the more I was like, holy crap, you know, if this if people start understanding what this book is, uh, the story that's being told, because Ironsides represents the America that it was at its founding. He represents the U S constitution, the founding fathers, the everything that was established at the first that created the country that is, you know? And, uh, and he was like the represented, you know, that, that, even kill that uh keeping us on course and then and then when they took him out in 1970 in my world uh and uh retired him for 50 years then um basically the country lost its way and uh and so the book is basically about did you know this organization that did all this uh is planning on going to the next step and the plan, you know, and, uh, he got, he gets let in on it. And so what you have is the country that was fighting against the country that it's become. And it's basically another revolutionary war, you know, which is basically what happened when the revolutionary first revolutionary war happened was, when a bunch of people who lived over here long enough to identify with this country and feel a, a feel like they had something here that wasn't just a colony, it was a, an actual its own country. Mm-hmm. And they got to where they uh, could no longer tolerate being told what to do. And that's how the, why the revolutionary re- revolution happened the first time. And, uh, and so what my the first book kind of like lights the candle on is the fact that all these powered people who were basically made to toe the line, uh, made to work either work for the government or, or live unpowered. You know, that was the only two options they really had. And, uh, and it's like you can't oppress people like that forever. Something's got to give. And so... Here comes this guy along who remembers the way the country used to be because, you know, he was a big part of it. And he's like representing that way back. You know, he represents that spirit that created the country in the first place because he remembers it. And, uh, and so that's pretty much what the book's about. It's about a country rediscovering its soul, essentially, you know, there you go. <laughs> You see what's behind the uh, the on the wallpaper, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just I'm looking at it, and I go. Every time I see that, all I see is my meme that says, uh, "We the people are pissed." Right. Exactly. <laughs> I tried to center it, but it didn't have that option. But you know, I figure people it knows what they're looking for. So yeah. Uh, so 50 years ago, uh, it's called the day the heroes died uh, when he was hit with that ray. And uh, he's still in the hospital, and and they start passing all these things, like they were waiting for him to all along uh, 
waiting for him to go down. And so uh, you see all those titles or Easter eggs that tell you what happened around him. Uh, but yeah, so they passed the 28th Amendment, which is they called the Heroes Amendment, which is, it's always ironic when they pass these amendments. They always give it a name. It's like the opposite of what it was. You know what I'm saying? Gee, where have I heard that analogy? Oh, that's right. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so it's the 28th Amendment uh, to the Constitution. And uh, it basically makes uh, the uh, power people, which are called expressors. Uh, it's like what the powers are expressions of something that's going on internally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why they're called expressors. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so he was basically he was injured. He was sidelined and uh, they replaced him before, before he was even out of the hospital, they already had him replaced, you know? But uh, uh, they replaced him with the guy, if you scroll down. Uh, that's the organization, uh, the FERA, uh, that badge there. That's a federal organization that, that was formed by the 28th Amendment. It's called the FERA, uh, Federal Expressor Regulatory Agency. And, uh, and to replace him, there was a guy called Global Man, who's an entirely artificial being. Uh, he's essentially... Uh, like a weapon, a living weapon. And uh that the guy's punching right there is Obsidian Man. Uh he's gonna be the big bad in the first book. So as you see, he's a pretty scary guy. <laughs> and that that's the purple guy or the gold guy? Uh the purple guy. Okay. But uh yeah it's obsidian man. Uh he can manipulate any kind of uh geo G um geology uh, he's a geomancer so if it's rock if it has uh, components of rock he can uh he can c- control it and uh bring it into his body and uh, change his body size or whatever uh so he can harden he can harden like parts of his body to like diamond hard and uh and he can also like increase his body mass and things like that he's a really scary guy uh, he's like me a little bit of major major force from uh uh Captain Adam. Right. Um he's he's more like if Sandman uh was rock instead of sand. Uh so he has that ability. He's a he's a pretty scary guy. Uh complete sociopath uh, psychopath. Uh and uh they think he's completely destroyed in this encounter but maybe he's not let's just say that much anyway uh <laughs> so a group well. selected for the new program called community service initiative allows powered people once incarcerated to work off sentences so the people uh that are going to be part of this uh community service crew are not the top they're, they're not the the heroic people they're all criminals and uh and they got in trouble legitimately and so that's who Ironsides has got to save, right? <laughs> but uh, he said, well, they don't know they're all marked for death. Uh, so this whole program is going to be killed and going to be killed spectacularly so they don't try it again. But uh, they have one hope, uh, greatest hero the country's ever known. Uh, and uh, he's, he's the uh, 
relic of a half-remembered country that was. So that's uh that's the but pretty much one of the first images in the book. So you know he's gonna you know he's gonna have a tough time of it, you know. Uh but yeah, he's just a determined individual though. Uh so he's called, what your brother looked like when he fell out of the, the, the pine tree. Yeah, well, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Minus the hair. <laughs> Minus the hair, yeah. Uh yeah, he's gonna be. He's, basically, he's got to come out of retirement, but he's not gonna come out of retirement to softball mission. He's basically gonna be thrown in the deep end, you know, and uh, sink or swim, and and so that's what this first uh, first arc is about. Oops, yeah, no problem. But anyway, so uh, that's yeah. that's. The sign up. Um, if you want to scroll down some more, uh, this is the uh, that is the print that's going to be uh, given. It's basically going to be a part of the package of the first hundred people uh, that back the book. And uh, so that's America Bliss from uh, Dave Brink, Genuine Comics. Yeah, and uh, Iron Ironsides. Um, so. He had, he had a program where you could have one of his characters and your one of your characters drawn together. And I was like, oh, shit, America Bliss and Ironsides has got to happen. And uh, and so that's uh, Pal Rodericks uh, and Mika from Marbusco Studios. I told you she's one of the best in CG. Take a look at that. Yeah, that looks pretty dope. Yeah, she is one of the Brazilians. <laughs> they are special, man. Uh, and how... And how, right? <laughs> but see, uh, that Pal Pal Rodericks threw that arm almost better than anybody. But uh, that he just did a good job with it. Yeah, like all the crackle and everything on it. Right, right. He did some Kirby crackle. Uh, <laughs> you gotta love that, right? This is the uh, one one of the first covers uh, that's gonna be available. This is an Uncle Sam's uh, recruitment poster. But uh, that's going to be uh, on the main cover. Nice. Yeah, uh, I figure it's going to be a good good uh, image to use for my campaign. I mean, it's a recruitment poster, so you know Ironsides wants you. So there you go. Uh, the guy who drew that's uh, Greg Bo Watson. He uh, a South Carolina boy, uh, and he draws almost exclusively cheesecake. And it took him nine months to draw that. Because wow. he is so unused to drawing men that it took him nine months to do it. Yeah, I, I can see where uh, Ironsides might have had boobs and then they became really right. big pecs. Really good pecs, <laughs> right, right, right. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Dojo Coon Comics uh, swore that they up and down that they were they were uh, breasts, and I was like. I was like, I kept showing him like men that have pectoral muscles that look like that, and he he's like, oh, it looks like breasts to me. And I guess when I, when you're obsessed with a hammer, then not everything looks like a nail, right? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or everything looks like something you want to nail. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what what? There you go. Uh, but yeah, so that that's the uh, main image there. Um, so let's just join the revolution. Uh, just put your and, email address right in here and one right. click of the button and you will be all signed up. So you get all notifications for when yep. the book launches. 
Well, um, I'm doing something different. Um, if you sign up to my uh, campaign, you will you will actually get an original uh, short story, uh, chapters of original short story with uh, every update. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's uh, there's a poll that's uh, going on right now, and I think the winner's going to be the kind of like Ironsides the day he awakens uh, from 50 years uh, of a dead end job and uh, figures out that, that they've been like uh, lying to him all along and uh, kind of setting him on the, uh, the pathway uh, to, uh, you know, little Bighorn. But uh, so that, that's the story that looks like it's going to win. Uh, there's, uh, the two stories that people are voting on, that seems to be uh, the one. So uh, after I get off of here, I'm probably going to, to uh, uh, do some writing on it. Um, I've already got one chapter already uh, already in the can, but uh, I'm going to try to get ahead on that. But if you sign up, you get to read the story. I mean, you thought Cap had it rough because he was on the on ice for 50 years. This guy yeah. had to be a desk jockey for 50 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Screw That's... me. <laughs> yeah, I would rather be on ice, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Well, uh, the first thing he did, this this is this is going to be in the, the, this is one of the funny, the cool story. But uh, once he figured out, the moment he figures out, it, it basically he get this uh, pip squeak that was over him as a boss man. And uh, the guy... You know, it was kind of like treating him with disdain all the time. And then he uh, wanted to know why uh, a uh, an assessment he made uh, based on intelligence wasn't followed and some people died overseas. Uh, and he wanted to know why, uh, because he had predicted it like weeks ago. And the guy's like, are you kidding? He's like, we don't even, I don't even send your reports up the line. They do it all by, uh, do all assessments by computer now. You're just an old fossil, right? And so he goes to his office, kind of sits there for a minute, mulling over his uh, 50 years of his life that he's just he's been wasting, basically. And uh, he writes out a resignation, goes in there, uh, make puts it in his mouth, and lifts him up by one arm, <laughs> lifts him up, and puts him up against the wall. He said... Uh, he said, that's my resignation. By the way, next time you do an assessment with that computer, do one on me. You'll find it informative. <laughs> <laughs> then he lowers the guy, kind of straightens out his collar, and then walks out. But that's the kind of guy he is, right? You know. And then we but, hear something resembling uh, running water as he walks right, out exactly, of the room. <laughs> exactly. Well... Well, that's the thing, though. Uh, he's he's still got a uh, he's fifty years and supposedly out of the public eye, and he's uh, but he's still got like in a contingent of people that follow him around, and he's like he's had several teams that have followed him over the years. People have retired while following him around, you know, just just off of following him around. And uh, they're still watching him after all these years because they understand just how dangerous he is. And 
as long as he, they had him convinced that he was helping America by being intelligence a, uh, ap, uh, asset and uh, keeping, you know, they told him he could be an intelligence asset, but he couldn't be a hero if he did that. He had to stay in the chain of command. And so he'd walk by people, you know, getting mugged or stores being broken into and just like clench his teeth and just walk by, you know, because he, he this is the way he was going to help America was he's going to be part of the intelligence apparatus. And, uh, you know, he basically told himself that. And so uh, the story is of, of the day when he figures out that, while they've been, they just been erasing him from history, you know, they just put him somewhere where they could erase him from history, and uh, and hope 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 that uh, he'll fade away and die. But he's the, you know, he's still really fit because his uh, body might be slowing down, but he's still, yeah, you know, he started he started the pinnacle of health, you know, he was the pinnacle of of uh musculature the pinnacle of uh you know uh the perfect male at one point right mm -hmm. and so even though his body's deteriorated it's he's still far better than most hum normal humans you know uh i mean even even though he looks like an old man a, a very you know tall muscular old man but still an old man <laughs> But, I got uh, the old man part down. I just don't have any of the other stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. Which is funny because uh, I decided that I'm going to, at least early on, uh, the way I'm going to, you know, usually uh, guys find a female to exploit. And uh, and so the big joke that I've been running is uh, I've been getting beefcake pinups of him. Uh, you know, the last person you would think of someone would exploit. And, uh, and I've kind of been like, it's kind of a little bit of a parody, you know, it's like a beefcake, beefcake, right? <laughs> Instead of cheesecake, you know? Uh, and so I've been having fun with that. Uh, but I'll eventually I'll, I'll, I'll get some cheesecake. I'll get, I'll do some cheesecake, but I'll eventually. Respect but, uh, is up all the time. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I do have, uh, I do have candidates for cheesecake. So, oh, yeah, 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 very nice. Yeah, uh -huh. Let's blow that up. <laughs> All right, I do have candidates for cheesecake. Oh, yeah, nice, 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 nice. There you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but for now, but for now, I'm just, I'm just kind of like uh, zigging where everybody else is zagging, you know, trying to get some attention to my campaign, you know. Yeah. So, uh, uh, either way, either way, I'm having fun with it. Um, well, uh, that's. I know you need to get your ba your bacon cheeseburger. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, we've been going just about an hour here. Uh, yeah. Want everybody to uh, all the links will be in the description. All right. Um, so you can uh, <clears throat> you can get the links there. Go to mm -hmm. the page for community service. Sign up for the sign up for the mailing list and yeah. uh, follow T Bunny on uh, on Twitter and. Uh, yep. His channel, The Rabbit Hole. The Rabbit Hole. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Will, for having me on, man. Hey, no problem. Enjoyed uh, it. It was it was a fun little chat. Uh, this will yeah. be going up on our uh, Odyssey and Rumble mm -hmm. pages, as well as 
our podcast platform so you can listen to it anywhere you can get a podcast all right sounds good until next week uh thanks for tuning in and uh good luck with iron sides (laughs) thank you man yeah y'all have a good day good night everybody